0: Welcome into another edition of the Train with the Best Podcast. Craig Hoffman and Chris Gores with you. Today we talk to Yael Averbush, professional soccer player. Um, we actually talked with her what it was about a week ago, Chris, a That's little right. bit over a week ago. Um, She was great talking about her own training, about online training, which will be our main topic that we'll discuss today as well. So our conversation with Yael coming up in just a little bit. First, though, some housekeeping as we do at the top of the podcast. Uh, you got a couple of events coming up, including the first ever Vertimax event. Oh, wait, is it Vertimax certification training? That's right. Our session? <laughs> yes, yeah, so You today, can get certified by Vertimax, which that, is awesome.
1: That's right. So today, um, I think it's going to go public today. It's the October 25th, Wednesday, whatever day you're listening to this. Um, so you can go to vertimax.com. The reg- the, the registration is going to be open, and it's for December 2nd at my facility in Onyx Elite down in Richmond, Virginia. Um, and, yeah, it's going to be our, our first ever um, certification course for, for trainers out there who want to learn a little bit more about Vertimax, about how to train athletes on it, how to train general population, how to train kids on it. So it's going to be a, a really good opportunity and a good chance for me to be able to, I, I always love these events, whether I'm going to them as a student or going to them as the instructor or the teacher, because I, I always learn from whoever I get to to meet at these things. So um, I'm really looking forward to it, and, and I know we're going to be doing a lot more of these, but this is just the first one.
0: Yeah, and obviously you will be one of the instructors there. Do you know who your, your partner will be, or will it be just you there? Yeah, we've
1: got we've got a couple of the other guys coming down. I think Vinny Scolo from Buffalo is going to come down, and then Steve Leo, one of the big Parisi guys from New Jersey, he's going to come down. Um, I think that's the plan for now. Um, so I, I, a lot of details still have to, to be worked out, but I know that – um, December 2nd is the date. I know registration is going to be limited, so you know we want to keep these small in the beginning because we want to make sure that we're doing it right and we're giving good quality information and good quality experience for those who, who sign up. Um, it, there will be uh, CECs available. I know that's at least .7 for, for the ACE CECs if, if you're ACE certified, and I think they're still working on getting some of the other certifications in
0: there uh, so that you can get credit for it. That's awesome. Uh, I, unfortunately, will not be able to make it. I have a wedding that weekend. I will be in Dallas. <laughs> yep. uh, I've already done my complaining. We'll save that for off the podcast. But <laughs> right, right. Uh, as you told me, though, there will be a ton more VertiMax certification yes, absolutely. courses, opportunities coming up in the first quarter of next year. So uh, if you're listening, uh, maybe you'll see me at one of those. Uh, I <laughs> yeah. cannot make December 2nd at Onyx in Richmond. Again, on VertiMax's website for the registration? Yeah, program. I think it's going to be on VertiMax's website today. All right. We'll, yes. uh, we'll tweet that out. Uh, Chris's Twitter is at TrainerGorez as well. Uh, the other thing, you have uh, something coming up at The Works in Alexandria. Yeah,
1: we're going to go back to The Works. If you were listening to the podcast in previous episodes, we went down there to do a, a little seminar earlier this year. Uh, I'm going to go back down there um, to work with my friend Maya, and, and we're going to do just a corrective exercise workshop. It's really just going to be for, for her clients. She's got a lot of people that come to her boot camps and they've got all kinds of issues as everybody does, you know, whether it's knee issues, back issues, neck, shoulder, whatever. So we're just going to go over some basic strategies to help people kind of take ownership of, you know, their, their injury and and learn how to, um, either, either minimize those risks or, or address those needs, whatever it is to, to get rid of that pain and, and,
0: and, live a healthy life. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, again, all the info of that at trainer Gora's Instagram, Twitter. Um, you can it, see you if you can come, uh, where you can come, anything like that. All right. So our main topic today, uh, will be actually about training, not in person, uh, That's right. an online program, which is something you have, um, and many trainers do. And it's, You know, and it's not just like a program, but you can find all kinds of workouts online. Mm Bodybuilding.com has a million different workouts that are 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 great if you know how to do them. Mm -hmm. And for some people, that's really all they need. It's, hey, I just need an idea. My form is good. Um, I understand how to work out. Now, of course, I always find it borderline insulting, um, but certainly like mystifying that there's just anybody thinks they can Go on bodybuilding.com and, or wherever and get a workout and completely understand all of the sure. reasoning behind it. Like there is a science to this. There's a reason that we have to get certified. There's a reason um, that this is a profession, just like I wouldn't assume to walk into anybody else's job and know how to do it. That's right. Um, but with that said, there's great workouts you can find online. So let's kind of start with this. When you put together your online program, what were some of the things you thought of and why did you decide to do that? Why did you decide to, to take that leap and make that option available to people?
1: Yeah, so first of all, I was completely against online training programs. Um, I just didn't believe in them. I didn't think that they particularly worked. Um, I think I'm still right about that to a certain degree because you know so many people will, will either buy the program and, or, or they'll get a program and then never use it. Right. Um, so um, so I was – and then the other thing is I just – I didn't want to recommend anything to anybody that I've never even met. I don't know what their situation is. I don't know if they're going to hurt themselves doing this. and I, I didn't want to be part of that in any way. Um, and then it started with um, a female soccer player. Her name is Natalie Arias, and she lives in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, she is a member of the Colombian women's national team. Um, and she reached out to me and she said, Hey, listen, I've been following you on Instagram. I've been following you on Twitter. I love the things that you do. Uh, I love the people that you work with. Um, could you help me out? Could you write me something that, that I could follow? I just need some ideas. I'm trying to get ready for the world cup. Listen, and that, and I said, okay, I'll give it a shot. Let's see, let's see how it goes. Right. Mm-hmm. I wrote her a workout and she loved it. She she followed it, and and for her, she was somebody that it was going to work for because she was going to take a look at the program. She was going to follow it. She was going to give me feedback and everything. And so uh, at that point, that's when I started to say, okay, maybe maybe there's something that that I can put out there that's going to be number one, safe. So when I, when I choose these pro when I when I wrote the the online book that you can get on my website, and by the way, I I never really even talk about this. It's on my website. Right. It's been on there for months, but I never really talk about it because. It's there if you want it, but that's not something that I really push out there. Um, but when I wrote the workout, it was, what, what can I recommend to people that if they screw this up, they're still not going to get hurt? right? Right. So like, Do no was, harm is still yeah, the number one rule. Yeah, that was, that was like the number one thing. So when, when you take a look at that program, um, hopefully you could, you, could take, you, you could go through the three months of workouts that, that I wrote for you, and even if you screw it up, you're not going to hurt yourself at least too much. Right. Yeah.
0: Um, and that's that's the hardest part, man. That was the is, hardest part for is, me. Is You know, you want to – and I have people ask me all the time, friends, whatever, family, saying, hey, can you write me something? Right. Like, sure, but I hate – like, I, it's very different than me training you. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing to understand. If you are – and there are great trainers that I follow – and social media, yeah, or whatever, absolutely. that put together programs and, and, you know, they'll post results to their clients and their clients are getting results, but understand that if I'm going to train you, it's going to be different than if I'm going to program for you over yep. the long term. And part of that is the day to day. You know, some, there are some days you walk into a session with a client and they don't have it and you have to That's modify. Right. That's right. If I've written your program 3 weeks ago and it's on a sheet of paper That's based right. off ideal situations, yep. you know, there's some planning you can do. You can say like all right, I know that that day 2 is really really hard, so day 3 we're going to go a little bit lighter. There there are those modifications you can make, but what happens when on day 2 they had a baby who was up till two o'clock in the morning and only got five hours of sleep. That's right. And then on day three, they, they caught up and are well rested. Well, now we can't make that that modification. Yeah. So there there are inherent limits to this. And I think that's really important. And that's why I think one of the things that you just mentioned and that Yael touched on a lot when we talked to her, which you guys will obviously be able to hear here in a few minutes, is that with online programming, if it's going to be good. Find someone who you can give feedback to as a client, and if you're a trainer, you need to demand feedback from your clients. You need to, right. you need to still have that communication, even if you can't have eyes on that person in person.
1: Yeah, that's right. And and with Yael, you know, and even with with somebody like Lorenzo, when he asks me for for stuff, you mm-hmm. know, he'll say, Hey, what should, what should I do this week? What should I do today? Right. The first question is always, Okay, well, how do you feel on a scale of one to ten? Right. You know, or one to five. And and Zoe does a really good job of telling me, Hey. I got it. Let's go today. Let let me push. I feel good. Or he says, man, you know what? I need, I need something that's more, uh, uh more moderate today, you know? Right. And, and I, and I know exactly what he's going to need. So, um, and, and Zoe and I, and, and even Yael and I, we have that history of working together in person that's, that we can always go back to. And I can say, Hey, look, remember what we did on this day? This is, this is kind of what I want you to repeat. So, in that sense, it really worked for Yael and it works for Zoe and it works for some of the other clients that I have. It worked with, um, you know, my, my college soccer player right now, because we would still meet in person once a month to kind of go over the concepts of, of what the, what it's going to feel like. So I can tell you, Hey, look on this day, when you do this workout, this is what this workout is going to feel like. So if you're not ready for this day, you need to call me and let me know that, Hey, this, this is not going to be the day to do this workout. Right. You know, so, and and then I can find something else for you to do. So, so that's the first part. And like you said, like, it's never going to be the exact same thing, right? Like I can go online right now and I can download a recipe. That doesn't mean that I'm going to be that chef. You know what I mean? It's not going to be the same experience as having that chef prepare a meal for you. Not even close. Right. So, you know, not, not to say that I'm a master chef or whatever, but there's, there's just a huge difference between being able to work with somebody in person and being able to use your eyes and your ears versus saying, Oh, well this, this would be a good program for you. Theoretically,
0: go ahead and go do this. And then hopefully it works, you know? Yeah. So when you think about programming for someone, online like is there even a prerequisite that where you go i mean obviously you have right. an online which actually i was trying to just find it on your site because i yeah. wanted to, to peel through it um <laughs> but i don't know you you have to go yeah enter site here we can give you a step-by-step it. guide don't do this train with chris in person enter site and then to. i don't know what's
1: going on just, when you go to the top you would see it
0: okay Like right there store go to store uh, store oh okay yep and then, you go and then there's to,
1: two the programs there to move better, better.
0: yep okay um, so you can you can buy that on, on Chris's site at TrainerGores.com, um, And I guess at that point, if they buy it, like you can't be like, actually, sorry, you don't qualify. But if you could pick would you always have like require someone basically to work with you in person first or like what, what is there an assessment part of your program that, that's online? Like how, how do you create those safeguards so that you make sure that you're going to at least give someone a chance to be successful?
1: Yeah. So when, when I wrote the online program that you can download the move better program, that was for anybody who just decided that they want to get up off the couch today. And this is the day that I'm going to, buy a workout program and everything's going to work out. And then magically <laughs> not in, in, in 90 days I'm going to have the body that I wanted. And truthfully, that's just, that's just not going to happen. But I wrote it anyway because that's what people wanted. And if you want it, go out and get yeah. it. And, and, like, the, and look, It's
0: still going to be good. I, I, I think yeah, that it's and, important to say like, you know, we take these safeguards. We, we put the caveats that it's not as good as training in person. Yeah. Um, but like, it's still better. It's than something. It's something. Right. right. It's it, better than nothing. And it's better than a lot of stuff you're going to find on the Internet of yeah. random. Like, oh, I found this in a Reddit forum. Yeah. And, and a lot of times, like, I, I
1: get it from, from parents and even family members, friends that are like, hey, can you just write me something? Right. You know? Right. So, all right. Here all it is. Time. Here it is. It's, it's prepared. Like, I, I don't want to write something new every single time. That Right. You know, and then if you really want something, then, yes, what we'll do is we'll meet in person. Um, and then from there, it will be a fully customized program from there. Um, and so, so I don't have anything that is pre-written. I don't have anything that, um, that I'm just going to cookie cutter for you. So when we have a chance to meet, I'm going to take a look at what what you need to work on and, and give you exercises to work on for the next month or two months or whatever it is until I get to see you again. You know, this is, this is the same thing that I did
0: with Ashlyn when I went down there to Orlando, the same thing I do with, with all these guys. Yeah. So when you think about the kind of exercises you put into a program, um, any specific things you leave out, any extra cueing that, like not not just like a specific cue, although obviously if you want to use an example you can, but a a kind of cueing that you put in to make sure that you're again maximizing the chances of success and minimizing the chances of harm yeah so the the first thing the first thing is always
1: just to kind of get their schedule to see what's going on so with zo i know what his schedule is i know that we're going to lift on monday wednesday fridays he's got games on sunday sometimes thursday sometimes monday right right um that's God, easy. You don't have to
0: tell me about the sometimes this, sometimes yeah. that with the Redskins schedule this yeah. year. Oh, I no. don't know what day it is. I don't exactly. know what city I'm in. I think I'm at my own kitchen table, but I'm not entirely yeah. <laughs> sure.
1: And Zoe does a really good job of staying on that schedule. And if it's not, then then he'll let me know uh, immediately. Like, right. hey, I wasn't able to do this on this day or whatever. Um, same thing with Yael and same thing with, with all the other athletes. Like, I want to know what their game schedule is like, what – What uh, major tournaments are coming up? If they have one coming up, so so that I know. Okay, this is this is where we can push you. This is where we have to hold back a little bit, uh, and this is where we have to recover because I want to make sure that you're ready to perform when it's time to perform. Right. Um, So that's the first thing as far as being able to avoid any type of serious injuries, not put them in a bad situation by not looking at the calendar. You have. Right. I want your explosive day on Sunday at 9 a.m.
0: before your 1 p.m. Yeah, yeah, that's not not a thing.
1: Yeah. and then from there, I just, go, I just go back to the movement matrix. So I want to make sure that I'm covering everything there. I want to make sure that I'm teaching you how to push, pull, move with your hips dominantly, move through your, move through your knees dominantly, um, how to explode once you're moving in three planes. I start covering like that whole entire matrix and just mm-hmm. checking off the boxes and saying, okay, you need a single leg hip hinge movement in a horizontal plane. What's that going to be for you that's appropriate for your level? Right. You know what I mean? And then and then I start filling it in the boxes and I start from there after I fill in the boxes and I say, OK, this is what the matrix is going to look like for you. Then I start taking a look at the week. All right. What what day of the week do I want to do this particular movement? and How how much do I want to load that? You right. know, given given what their schedule is, so right. Then then, then I'll start. OK, Tuesdays are going to be your heavy day. Mm. You need to lift on Tuesday. And if you don't do it on Tuesday, then we're not going to do it. Right. You don't you don't get to say I miss it on Tuesday, I'm gonna do it on Wednesday instead. Right. You don't get to do that. You know? So so I make that very clear with with my athletes like what day
0: they're gonna be doing this workout.
1: Mm. Yeah. That's interesting,
0: and then for more of the general population, like when you created your your yeah, online Genpop
1: yeah, Gen Pop don't have games on Sundays, you right. know. So right. like if we if we Even miss, more flexible with the schedule, yeah.
0: but I'm sure there's other modifications you make. So you know you're going to make sure that you give specific cues. Hey, watch for this on this exercise. Right. You know the and and that's just a matter of knowing common mistakes. It's enough. You know if you're gonna a trainer thing about creating an online program, you need to have trained enough to know the mistakes yeah. to be able to anticipate all right, when you're doing a squat, make sure the knees track out over the toes. Yep. Um, you know, obviously not the knee going over the toes, uh, you know, forward, but that they're they're not getting knee valgus, yeah, right? Like make sure your knees don't dip in. If you're on a yeah. on, uh, bench press, make sure your lats are engaged, you know, make sure your core is tight on this. You know, if you're doing a, some kind of deadlift movement, make sure your back doesn't round. Like there's there's all these simple things that we watch for, and it 's like the number one thing we watch for the first time a client does a movement where we 're not concerned about anything else other than the movement quality that you 're going to have to anticipate in an online program because you cannot be there, so you need to make sure that the, whoever's there is in cli- or is in tune with the things that we don't want them to do as much as the things that we want them to do. That's right. And and you have to, you have to
1: write out the things that you don't think about. So if you're, if you're a trainer and you're listening to this and you want to write a program for your client, you have to start from, you have to take them from cradle to grave, like what Joel Sanders was saying. So Mm. you have to tell them exactly what equipment they should be using, right? What weight they should be using, how they should set it up. Like if they're going to be using a hex bar, make sure you have enough space to do this. If you're going to be doing, whatever, right? Make sure that you have whatever belt or strap or whatever, whatever piece of equipment or whatever accessory you need. Make sure you're writing that out for them. Tell them how to set it up. Tell them how to execute it. Give them a a, a couple of coaching points. Give them a couple of things to watch out for. And then, and then tell them how many they're supposed to do. So, you know, there's, there's a lot more to it than just saying, okay, I want five sets of five. Right. (laughs) It's just I mean, and to even it.
0: like a lot of times when I'm with clients, I'll do a rep range like, hey, give me eight to ten here. Right. And that's because I can watch, it's because if they're struggling at nine, I can be like, that's it. You're done. Yep. You know, if you tell them eight to ten, they're probably either going to do eight or ten. The chances of someone doing nine reps on an eight to ten is, is slim to none yep. because they're either going to be they're going to wimp out and I'm yep. trying to think of a different way to say that, but they're going to wimp out and they're going to only do, Oh, I got to eight and I'm yeah. good. Or they're going to be like, Oh, I'm hardcore. And they're going to do 10. And the chances are both of them are going to be doing it wrong. Yeah. The eight person probably could have done 10 and the 10 person, uh, probably c- should have gone way heavier. Yeah. And, and should have been w- more weight pushing eight. That's right. You know? And so there, it's just those kinds of things you have to anticipate and think about. You have to give them checks. All right. After the set, how, how right. did you feel? Was yep. it hard enough? Could you have done 15? Okay, then you need to go up and wait. That's right. So there's all these little things that you basically take care of as a live trainer that you have to put in writing somewhere, that's some, right. it somehow cue them uh, to make sure that they're actually going to get something out of the workout. Otherwise, they're just going to move around for however long it is and not get anything done.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and so I think that's exactly what, what, what you just said is kind of the difference between Online programming for general pop versus online programming for right. the elite athletes. You, that you I get have to tell to Zoe with. that he has to push himself. Right. So so with, with the general pop, I'm teaching the movement and trying to get that correct. With the elite athlete that I have relationships with that I've had a chance to work with, I'm teaching the intensity and making sure that that's precise so that we're hitting right. our targets so that they know this is exactly how much I'm supposed to push. This is supposed to be all out. This is not supposed to be too hard, right? So, depend. It depends on uh, on the athlete in that day, but that's the that's the main difference between coaching like a, a general population person and teaching them the movement versus an elite athlete is. This is the exact intensity that I want you to do. Right, and the complexity
0: is the other thing too. Like I would guess you'd never put any kind of Olympic lift in a general pop. You know, no, I mean a squat, definitely A squat, you know, maybe, but like I'm talking about like you know hand clean snatches stuff like that. No, we don't have any of that. You give you give Zoe that though because he needs it. Yeah, and it's you know. Could you teach a general population some of that form of technique? Now, we've talked about this in the past. Where we're not probably online. not going to waste that time. <laughs> we're probably not even in person going to, to waste that time because yeah. we can accomplish what we want. But in theory, if someone came in and was like, hey, I want to learn how to do this, you could teach them. If someone contacted you online and was like, hey, can you give me a, a, an Olympic lift, like a, a hang clean program, you'd be like, no. Yeah. <laughs> That's absolutely not, not something I'm, I'm not going co- to do. I'm not going to give you a hang clean program. Not online. Yeah. I mean. And and
1: here's the thing, like I'm not gonna even do Olympic lifts with you unless I know I've got probably bare minimum six weeks straight with you. If Mm -hmm. I don't know that I have at least six weeks and eighteen sessions with you straight, where that's gonna be uninterrupted, then I'm not gonna do it. And honestly, like I'd like that, I'd really like that to be twelve weeks, but six weeks bare minimum, and that's if you said, hey, I absolutely have to learn how to do hand cleans or, or power cleans or whatever. Yeah. Right. And so a lot of coaches out there and typically it's and this is not against you guys but typically it's going to be a college strength and conditioning coach that's going to say we absolutely do, do hand cleanings, but that's because like ma- attendance is mandatory at a college strength and right. conditioning program. I don't have mandatory attendance. I don't I can't require somebody to show up to my workouts every single day for 2 months. If I could do that, I would probably program in some sort of olympic lift. When I don't have that time frame uh i have to, i have to adjust and right. i can't i can't spend an entire day just going over the technique of a hand clean or a power clean or whatever so that's that's why it's not in my program it's not because i don't like it it's not because i don't believe in it i don't believe in that cliche that yes there aren't any barbells on the field and dumbbells on the field but that doesn't mean that we can't use barbells and dumbbells be right. stronger right it's all part of a system, but when you take a look at this program and you see that there's no power cleans on there, you're gonna don't don't run to your reaction and say, "Oh, Chris doesn't believe in power
0: cleans." That's right. not true. Chris doesn't yeah. believe in teaching power cleans right. to someone over the internet. <laughs> so uh, that, that, and, that's, and that's for the record, it, yes. neither does Craig. Uh, yeah. so, <laughs> um, anything else we want
1: to hit? Uh, before yeah, we let I, and I think I think the main the thing, you know, just just speaking with EIL and and. Um, speaking with other players who have used this program and have had success with it, I think it's really just all about taking ownership of your own career. Yeah. Right. I mean, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago about the injury thing. It's yes, you can take a look at the team and you can take a look at the game and you can take a look at what the teams are not doing for you, particularly at this time of year, at the end of October going into November. This is the time of year that I call ACL season, especially in women's college soccer. Almost every weekend now, it, we're, we're at the end of the year. Your bodies are fatigued, especially here on the East Coast. The weather is turning. It's getting a little bit mm-hmm. colder. Your body's going to be more achy. Now you're playing in tournaments where you're playing more than one game on the weekend. This is ACL season because your body's fatigued and, and it's going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back. So you have to make sure that you're, you're, you're doing everything that you can. And, and that means taking ownership. These online programs are here for you to take ownership – of your own career, of your, of your own injury prevention, of your own speed and, and, and strength development. That's what these things are for. I like to use the, the, the example of my son. So my son is highly allergic to a lot of different things. He used to be allergic to everything. He's, he's luckily grown out of his, his, uh, chicken allergy and, 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 and some of the other things, but he's still really allergic to eggs and peanuts. Mm -hmm. One day at the taekwondo studio that he was at um i picked him up and he had a huge allergic reaction because he ate ice cream and that ice cream was made with a little bit of eggs in it right and we go through the whole process every time we sign him up we tell everybody what he's allergic to and all that other stuff and i left that day and it was like great now i have to take my son to the hospital and i'm i'm pissed off Right. Why, why am I even filling out all these forms if you're going to feed my kid something that has eggs in it? We clearly told you that he was allergic to eggs. This and that. My son is six years old at the time, by the way. Yeah. And I realized that I could I could get mad at the Taekwondo studio and I could whatever. Some people might even pursue legal action. <laughs> Some people were telling me you should. Su-. No. At the end of the day, the person who suffers is my son. He's the one with the allergic reaction. He's the one that now has to go to the hospital. He's the one that has to take ownership of this. So it was a teaching moment for for not just me, but for my son as a six-year-old that says, listen, you are the one that are allergic to these things. We can tell your teachers and we can tell everybody around you, what they need to look out for but at the end of the day what you put in your mouth is what you're responsible for because you're the one that has to go through the adverse reaction not anybody else so you can't blame anybody else i'm not gonna blame the studio for feeding you ice cream that you shouldn't have eaten i'm gonna blame you you're six years old now you know what you're allergic to right you you better watch out and and if you don't know then you better ask right yeah so and, and that's Unfortunately, something that we don't teach 6 years olds anymore. I don't I don't know why because Yeah. I mean they they should take responsibility for their stuff, but going back to your own career as an athlete, it's not your coach's job to get you stronger and faster. Right. It's a, yes, there might be a strength coach, but yes, there might be a speed coach or a strength and conditioning coach or whatever, but it, it's not their job to make you the best that you can be. It's yours. Right. You have to take ownership of that. Right, It's not anybody else because you're not going to be able to point at the end of the the day, at the end of your career, you're not
0: going to be able to point to everybody else and say, oh, well, it was their fault why I didn't succeed. It's just yours. At the end of the day, it's the same phrase that we use in sports all the time. Coaches coach, players play. So At the end of the day, your strength coach is a coach. They coach you. You are the athlete. You have to go play, whether that is on the field, on the court, or in the weight room. That is is a time where you have to in this case, practice, I guess. Yep. Um, and, and that's what you should treat it as. It, it's, yep. it's just another practice, uh, for your, it's a chance for you to get better. And if you don't take ownership of that and for general population too, like I tell my clients this all the time, I am with you maybe two hours a week, one hour a week, three hours a week, depending on how many sessions per week. That's you right. signed up yeah. for. So that's, that's 168 hours. And yep. if I've got two of them, that's a lot of you time. And and if you really want to reach your goals, it's not just going to be me snapping my fingers and, you know, telling you to do 10 reps of this and eight reps of that uh, over the course of an hour twice a week. You've got to take ownership of that diet, you know, other days in the gym, all of that. I'll help you. I'll coach you. I'll guide you the right way. But at the end of the
1: day, it's on you. At the end of the day, it's on you. And this is way beyond sports and fitness. This is for, for your success as a person, no matter what it is that you're pursuing. That's what. That's the beauty of the the age that we're living in. We have so much information that's available to us through online programs, whether it be training or other education programs that are out there. There is so much available to you. You have nobody else to blame but yourself. If, if you don't succeed. I truly believe that, especially today.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, uh, coming up, our interview with Yael Everbush, That is next right here on the Train With The Best podcast on the Grandstand Sports Network. <laughs> Our friends at Crossover want to help you scout smarter and win more games. Chris, we're about to watch some tape uh, as soon as we're done with this hat. That's right. So uh, if, if, say, we wanted to watch all of the Kirk Cousins plays, we could on Crossover. Uh, And team players or coaches, they can do the same thing for their team.
1: That's right. Crossover gives you the chance to take a look at the plays, to dissect them the way that you want them, and take a look at some of the learning points and get yourself in a position to
0: win. That's all you need. Just stop wasting time. You know, you, you need your clips. You need them organized. You need them, uh, you know, analyzed. And that's what Crossover does. Their new insights feature is exactly what does that. And it gives you a scouting report, not only on you, but on your opponents, broken down by down and distance, something you're not going to get with Huddle or anybody else. Sign up at Crossover.com to receive one free game. That's Crossover with a slash Grandstand to get one free game. <laughs> Our guest today on the Train with the Best podcast is Yael Averbuch. She is a professional soccer player in the NWSL and is also the president of the NWSL Players Association, which is new and exciting. Um, it's so interesting to me uh, when, when leagues form and seeing how the, the business side is put together. Um, but yeah, I guess my, my first question to you on, the, on that Players Association side thing, I know that women's soccer in general, whether it's the national team level, the NWSL, international teams in other countries, is big into training data. Is, the, is there some kind of uh, part of the, the Players Association that you guys are going to focus on, on, on a health, fitness, conditioning side that would be interesting, I think, to our audience?
2: Uh, well, first of all, good pronunciation of my name. I just wanted to call you out on that. Thank um, you.
0: I- I've listened <laughs> to Chris say it enough times.
2: I, yeah, I figured. I figured there was some prep going on for that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think long term um, that will be a component. Actually, with our league, um, we we take GPS and heart rate data with you know at every training session, every game. Uh, we actually, as players, don't have direct access to that. So our um, kind of sports scientists that work with each team, get that data and then can pass it along to us. So long-term that would be something that we would potentially look at as a players association, but we're in like the really early stages, basically just formed enabled uh, to enable the non-national team players in our league to have a unified voice and be able to eventually attack issues like that.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I mean, just for reference for the audience, this is something the NBA Players Association is definitely I know talking a lot about uh, and has in recent years, Chris, because for them, as they look at some of the new data that's becoming available, sleep tracking data, things like that, uh, the NFLPA, these stronger, uh, more established uh, players associations, uh, as you said, this Players Association just formed. So this is something that's down the list. It's just relevant to our audience. Um, but it's something that they're struggling with too. Like, do we really want our teams having our sleep data? It's good from a performance coach standpoint, but it's not necessarily something from a lifestyle standpoint that, that they want their hands on.
1: Yeah, exactly. There's definitely a lot of data out there. And I think at the NBA level, it's something that's a little bit different. The teams are tracking this stuff because they want to make sure that they're getting the most out of their investment, just like the way you would track your stocks or, or whatever else that, that you have investment money in. Um, for the NWSL, I think the challenge is that we just want to be able to provide good training for a lot of these players who, you know, Yael, you're, you're now in your off season. you know, walk us through a little bit of what your off season is like and, and how how you kind of tackle that issue of how, how do you find good training services to keep yourself healthy and, and strong and ready for the seasons?
2: Yeah, that's something that's really unique about our league uh, and women's soccer in the U.S. right now is that the season only goes uh, six months, with seven months with preseason. So we have a long time each year where we're just on our own, and our teams, uh, our team, you know, provides a little bit of a kind of a workout plan as we get close to preseason. But really, you're on your own to kind of uh, find your training group, find your experts, or or do it all on your own. Some players do go overseas to play, but uh, the last few years. I haven't gone overseas and played for any other teams. And I've actually, um, the off seasons where I've been in the area uh, with you, Chris, it's been awesome because we've been able to meet up, you know, a number of times a, a week. And really that's the time when I personally focus on making as much improvement as I can in terms of my, uh, strength, explosiveness, speed, because those are things that are really hard to work on in the season. It's hard to push yourself and lifting. You don't want to be sore. You need to taper into games. So really for me, um, I focus my off-season a lot on the athletic component. And now that the last couple off-seasons, I have not been in the uh, D.C. area working with Chris directly, but he's provided me with a, a training program remotely, which has been excellent because I had enough time with him to you know learn the correct technique and know what the exercises are all about. So then I can kind of just execute the same training on my own.
1: Right. And yeah, I'll talk a little bit about that because you're a player who wasn't always known for athleticism. You you came to me and you said you wanted to get stronger and faster because that was something that was missing from your game. So talk a little bit about your transformation over the last few years or at least what you feel like you've added to your game from the things that we've been able to do.
2: For sure, yeah. That's It's always been an area of my game that has not been a strength. We'll say not always, but probably for me as an adult player in the women's league and at the highest level in the world, um, my strength and just purely athletic components are not – are not strengths to me. Um, I am, I am a larger, uh, female athlete, but I, I would say that I wasn't able before I met Chris and started working with you to, um, to maximize that and use it to my advantage that I'm a bigger player and I can cover ground. Um, but, you know, those were things I never worked on. I kind of just focused on the technical aspect of the game because those were things I felt like I could control and I was good at. and It was way more fun. And I just I remember I'm sure Chris knows what I'm going to say about our first session together. <laughs> when, I, when I first met Chris, we went through a little athletic assessment. And to be really honest, I was um, I was very skeptical, not that I didn't believe he was an expert who could help me get stronger and faster, but I didn't want to take time away from my soccer training. i played pickup every day i was doing technical training and i didn't want to be sore and tired for those things because to me those were the most important things i felt uh, most proficient when i was doing those and i was like "Ah, i don't want to do anything that's gonna you know drain me of my energy for those things uh so when i first met chris i was like let's see what this is all about we did a a little um, analysis of kind of some of my movement strengths weaknesses and then i jumped into a session with a couple other athletes who was training uh, some national team players including ashlyn harris the goalkeeper Uh, and I'm not joking when I say I could not walk properly for a week. I was so incredibly sore in my mind. I was like, I cannot go back. I can never see this man again. (laughs) Um, Like my, my body hurt so bad that like, it was the kind of thing that when you walk and you step down the like vibration of the muscles hurt, like one of those. So it was like the max soreness I've ever felt in my life. And I was like, I don't think I could ever do this again, but I I was like, okay, I'll go back just one more time. And each time I was kind of like, I'll go back one more time. (laughs) And I think really soon though, I like into that, maybe it took like two more sessions and I really already felt the benefits because Chris was able to look at me as an athlete and say, okay, well, you shouldn't run like this five, two really explosive player. You should run like a five-ten, lanky, person. And you can still be effective in your movements. You can still be strong, but you're just not going to do it the same way as somebody who's not built like you and is not a similar athlete. And that really rang true to me because I'd always been told like, oh, take shorter strides when you're accelerating and be more like someone or be as agile as someone else. And it's like, I'm not going to be like anyone else. I'm going to be the best athlete I can be personally. And that's really uh, what my work with Chris has been all about. And it's totally transformed my game.
0: How... I know, I'm trying to think of how I want to phrase this. I guess, had you ever been told anything similar to that before? Or what was like, what Chris was telling you, was that completely revolutionary to your thought process in training?
2: Um, in a certain way. Yeah. Because I had always been told and I, what I started to believe about myself was like, well, you're not athletic. You're not fast. Like, yeah, you're really skillful and technical. You read the game. Well, those are the things that are going to get you by, but you're not these other things. And what Chris changed my thinking about was not that you're, it's not that you're not these things, it's that you haven't learned to to use your body. You haven't learned to train all out, like to push yourself lifting weights, to sprint all out for a short distance. I naturally have like an endurance runner build. So I was like, okay, well, I always know I'm going to be fit, but I never really spent the time practicing the other things because I just kind of, you know, assumed what everyone had said, you know, you're just not those things. So I'll do a little bit of them, but I'm not going to. Really invest myself in trying to be fast. Like, why would I do that? (laughs) So, um, yeah, no one had really uh believed in me athletically before, or at least no one besides like my parents who believe in me for everything. (laughs) But um (laughs) so the fact that this expert and Chris, who who knows what he's doing and works with top athletes, said, No, I see that you can be successful at this, we just have to tweak the way you're doing it, gave me so much hope. And I'm the kind of person where if I have hope, I will like work hours and hours and days i'll put myself through so much pain i just need that little bit of hope to believe i can do it
1: and i think that you just touched on that because you more like more like lorenzo who, who we do this show with um you know you you follow the workouts that i give you to a t like if i tell you to do this you're gonna do it and then and then what's great is you know i always get feedback from you so You know, one of of the worries on my end with with online programming is, you know, can I I do this in a way that's still going to be effective for the client? Because for me, on my end, if I can't be effective, then I'm just not going to do it at all. But it really worked with you. So talk a little bit about like how you approached online training with me as opposed to being able to have our sessions in person.
2: For sure. Um, This is something that's really new for me. And to be really honest, um it's a huge testament to you because I probably would not follow anyone else's program (laughs) because, you know, I always start to think uh, I'm the kind of athlete who's like always thinking about my training and making up my own stuff. So I would always start to think like, well, maybe I should not do this part and like do my own thing here or something like that. But I think that, um, Chris, you proved to me in our work together that it, it was effective just to follow. And for me, it's huge. And I think for other people too, to know that they're just trusting an expert and they don't have to think twice about what they're doing like literally you can read the program and know it's meant for you and if it says this weight and it feels heavy to me when I pick it up like I can do it Chris is not just assigning me a random thing that I'm gonna fail at so I think that trust is huge but it has to be a two-way street and that's really the way I approach it like Chris said you know I'm always giving feedback if I don't if I forget what an exercise is I would text Chris and be like hey what's this one again he'll send me a little YouTube video so I think that's the, the main thing with online training and that's how I naturally approach things. But that's really important for anyone else who wants to do that, especially um, when you're newer to it. I think it's important to constantly be asking questions to say, oh, that that exercise was really hard. This was really easy because that's how um, Chris can remotely then uh, tweak the sessions to make them even more effective. Um, so yeah, it's really the the two-way street and the trust, I think.
1: Yeah, and so... You, you have now actually created uh, your app and your online training program with techna and and that's something that you're providing for young players around the country and around the world. So talk a little bit about about that part of uh, of now being on the opposite side. so you were you were the client and, and I was giving you the program, and now you're providing the program for, for young players. so talk a little bit about what it's like being the coach.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's actually, it's funny. It's very similar. Um, what what the app does is it provides a weekly uh, technical training session for players. So actually similar to strength and speed training, uh, well, I think I would say the other way around, strength and speed training, I find to be very technical work. Like you can go through a whole, like I could go through a session that Chris had assigned me. And if I'm doing it all wrong, I'm not going to get anything out of it. And similarly, my biggest fear in creating these technical sessions for players would be that someone just goes through the motion and does the touches. They're not going to get that much out of it and potentially could be creating bad habits just like you can in lifting or running. You could be actually harming yourself more than helping yourself if you're not um, doing it with the intention that the the coach had when they uh, prescribed the work. So for me, it's kind of about Finding ways to properly explain the way things should be done using video and uh, some written things because I'm not actually meeting. I'd say like 99.9% of the people I'm giving these technical sessions to, I'm never meeting. Uh, as of now, I'm not seeing them work or train at all. So it's hard for me to say what's appropriate for them to do if they're doing something wrong to correct them. Long term, I would like to have some uh, video capture where I can provide feedback. But right now, it's really about creating the most, for lack of a better term, like foolproof method to training. Like if you do these things and you're focusing on these things, then you will get better with the soccer ball at your feet. So for me, that's the puzzle is finding things where without watching people, I can properly explain it and know that there's a very slim chance that they wouldn't be doing it at least somewhat
0: correctly. Do you, in doing that and anti- try to anticipate some of the mistakes, you know, if, if you've I've used some online training stuff before, and it's like, make sure you do this. And you're like, how did you know that I was going to screw that up? <laughs> uh, so, so do you try to, in doing that, you know, almost elicit the feedback preemptively in that way
2: uh yeah i do try to think of that and one huge thing i try to think of too is how because these are kids and they're on their own training like how they may try to cheat the system so to speak right Uh, right. so we have some some time trials where it's how many reps you can do in a minute at something so i've tried to design all those time trials in a way where there's no way you could get a better score if you're not actually more technically proficient. So it's kind of, it's a fun puzzle to foresee the way somebody may misuse something or misunderstand something and like preemptively, uh, explain to them how not to do that.
0: (laughs) What is the thing that you really wanted to include, but decided not to, because you thought it was too difficult to, to uphold that standard?
2: Ooh, there have been, so there've been a lot of things to be really honest. Um, I would say as of now, I've, I've kind of found a way. At first, there were a lot of things that I was like, huh, oh, this is a puzzle. How do we include this? But as of now, uh, I think I've included most things or found a way. Uh, the big issue is that it's all individual work. So um, anything where you need someone to throw you the ball, where you would need um, a ton of soccer balls or a lot of equipment, I've left out. So that will be kind of the next phase, I'd say. And some some things that um, are left out right now is something where it would require a partner or more equipment than just one soccer ball and a few markers to use or like cones or something.
0: I want to go back to you as the client for a second and then kind of ask a dual question of you and Chris, because constantly athletes goals evolve and when you guys were working together in person, you likely had one set of goals. And now those goals have evolved. Um, maybe it's just farther down the same street, so to speak. But those goals, goals have evolved. So how does the feedback work between you guys uh, when you are trying to achieve a new goal? And then Chris, for you, like when you haven't been able to see her in person and work with her in person, how do you go about trying to tweak and, and make those changes? Yeah, you want to start with that one? <laughs>
2: Uh yeah, I can ask you if you want to, But yeah, sure. I think um, I think we have a very um open and constant back and forth when it comes to my training. So like for example, right when I finish my season, and Chris Chris is awesome, and he'll check in throughout the season, and say how are you feeling, um, you know, how's the season going, how how much are you playing, all the things like that. So he's always has some sense of, you know what's going on with me as an athlete. And then following the season, like for example, now I, I talked to Chris a couple of weeks ago and I said, listen, when my season's over and I get home, I need a month. Like I am going to take a month and not do anything, uh, which I've never done in my whole career, but I, I'm going to try to stick to this. Um, so we're already on the same page in the sense that Chris knows that I will be coming from a month off. So I'll be very fresh, but I'm going to have to kind of ease into things. So I think the goals, um, the short-term goals, are always changing, and that's something too that I'll clarify a lot with Chris. Like when I get the program sent to me, I'll say, "Okay, wait, just so just to make sure I'm understanding this, I should be doing the speed part of my training like earlier in the week, or what if what if I have a pickup game? Like, how would you suggest I work around that to make sure I'm still getting the most out of this lifting or explosive work?" Uh, so it's it's an ongoing dialogue about how to. the the timing of everything and how to work it in. And basically, I think the goal is really understood. It's how much can I maximize my strength, speed and explosiveness? And how much can I gain in with still allowing rest after my season to recover properly, and then give me enough time to kind of taper into what will probably be a pretty grueling preseason and season. So you don't want to be too tired on either end. But then in the middle, you know, we really want to push.
1: Yeah, I think you. I think you explained it perfectly. I think the goal is always we want to get stronger, faster, more explosive. We want. We want to do it for soccer, not just for getting better at lifting weights. And then we have to just take a look at the calendar from the from the very beginning. Like we know that off season starts here. We know that preseason starts here. We know you've got. You know, in years past, you've had tournaments where you went to Japan to play with Arsenal, or you went to Cyprus. Um, so we just we would just work all that into the schedule, and then I would talk to Yael, and I would say, okay, like how how much are you going to play pickup how how often are you going to be doing your technical sessions and and then we would just have that conversation of okay if this is the time where i want you to play more pickup this is the time where i want you to play less pickup because you're going to feel sore and tired from the workouts and then we're going to pick it back up again so it's always kind of not just evolving but always planning for the next step as well so it's not just okay i'm going to plan for this two weeks but I'm planning for this two weeks so that I can get ready for the two weeks that come after that and the two weeks that come after that and whatever comes after that. So it's always like an ongoing process as far as programming. But one thing I do want to say is, is, is Yael, you've you've done a good job of taking ownership of all of this. And I know that's something that you really preach when you go out there and you do clinics and you talk to young players out there about – just taking ownership of your career, not relying on a coach or a trainer or or somebody else to, you know, put you through the drills, but making sure that you know what you've done and you put in the work. So talk a little bit about that and and how young players can can learn from you.
2: Yeah, I think every athlete, like from the youngest uh, soccer players to like Top pro players, and this is true in any any field, not even to sports. I think everybody falls somewhere on the spectrum of being like either totally self sufficient and just mapping your own journey and doing things your way, to the person who needs constant needs to be constantly told what to do. And that doesn't, you know, make you any worse at what you're doing. Some of the most phenomenal athletes like don't ever really do their own creative training they're just executing a plan that someone else has given them or showing up and having a coach tell them what to do and working hard so i think everyone falls somewhere on that spectrum um me me personally i've always kind of been closer to the one who maps their own route and you know has i, I did things a little differently as a young player. I played um, on a boys' team. I was the only girl, which was different. I didn't play for my high school team, so I did a lot of training on my own and trained with boys' teams. So my natural instinct is like, okay, well, if I need to get faster, like I'll figure it out. I'll do some research. I'll take pieces of what coaches have shown me and I'll work on those things. So for me, it, it actually was really difficult it was a difficult step to totally trust Chris and but I realized I needed that I needed an expert that I could just hand it over to them and say hey listen I want to be faster I want to be stronger like I can't do this on my own. I don't know the way to do it. You know, so I'm going to trust you. And like, even when Chris mentioned that he's told me to play more pickup or less pickup, the fact that I even would listen to him on my soccer training of like what not to do is saying a lot because nobody could ever before tell me to play less pickup soccer. That was like, I would have like walked away. (laughs) But um, yeah, I think that my, what I try to encourage athletes to do, because I think in this day and age, uh, we're heading a lot more towards more people who are in that Uh, that side of the spectrum of just like I train when I show up with my team and if my coach tells me to do something, I'll do it. But outside of that, I'm not going to show up early and work on a weakness or go out on my own on my day off. So my Whole goal is to inspire one to be a support system for the players who already do those things. Um, those, you know, those are the players who I'm really passionate about working with the ones who are already doing the extra work and just want some guidance and more inspiration. But then also to inspire the ones who maybe would potentially want to train extra but just don't know how. And I think that it's one of the most empowering things as an athlete to decide on something that you want to get better at and actually take the steps to do it and feel yourself improving. And that's totally on you. Like no coach can do that for you. So I think that, um, for me, that's been a really empowering feeling. So that's kind of what I'm trying to share with other players
0: to get to that moment though, where you trust Chris and you're looking for that, that next step, that edge to get faster, to, And and you also are willing to listen to him on on the soccer side. Like there has to be a moment of vulnerability that that happened where you just you felt like it wasn't enough, even though you were already playing an extraordinarily high level. So I'm just curious, like, was there a moment, whether it was on the field or away from the game that that kind of triggered like, man, I got to get I got to get more. I got to get help. And then what led you to Chris? And it's fine if this answer devolves into kissing Chris's ass, because that's often what this podcast devolves into. (laughs)
2: Yeah, he's actually horrible. I can't believe I'm saying all this stuff. He paid me a lot to do. (laughs) That's what everyone else Um, says. I know, I know. It's like such a hoax. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, no, there's definitely... um, Well, there were several moments in my career, to be honest, where I had a similar um, kind of moment where I was like, wow, this could be the thing that holds me back, this athleticism piece. Uh, Because, like I said before, at the highest, highest level in the women's game, this is the thing that could potentially hold me back. Um, So I... Not long before I started working with Chris, I was actually with the U.S. national team at a camp. And the coach had told me, you know what, I'm not going to bring you to the next event. I think that And this was a coach, um, a previous coach of the women's national team who really, really respected me and liked me as a player. So coming from him, this was really hard to hear. He basically said, you know, I think you're a very good player, but the athletic side of things, like you're just behind. You can't keep up with the speed of play, especially Um, the U.S.'s way of playing because in the whole uh, scheme of women's soccer across the world, the U.S. women's national team is like by far the fastest, fittest, uh, most agile, like every athletic component is really strong here, which is amazing, but it also makes it hard for me personally. Uh, So he had said that to me, and so I wasn't going to the next event. And that was kind of a real turning point for me because that was coming from a coach who did think I was a good player it wasn't like he was using that as an excuse to tell me why he was cutting me. Cause he didn't want me on the team or something like he wanted me to succeed, but my athletic abilities were actually holding me back that much that he couldn't justify bringing me to this tournament. So I was kind of like, I mean, I was obviously devastated because I care really deeply about what I do. And my, me as a soccer player is like huge, <laughs> way too much of a part of my identity as a person. But, um, so I think that was why I felt really ready to seek the help of an expert. Um, but that being said, and this again is making Chris seem sound good, but uh, I I was ready to find and trust an expert, but I think that I wouldn't have trusted any expert because I'm also a very picky client when it comes to that. Uh, if someone says some too many things I don't agree with, or is like I feel like it's not it's not right for me, I will not trust them and I'll get out of the situation. So it was kind of the perfect storm of me really needing and seeking the expert, and then Chris gaining my trust and. Just doing a good job,
1: to be honest. Yeah, and that took that took more than just like one session because, like you said, our first session was a disaster for you. And, oh my gosh! Uh, and, I literally uh, <laughs>
2: thought I was never going to be able to train again.
1: <laughs> yeah, and and I, I knew right away that oh my god, we're going to have to take a lot of steps back. But then you know, if she's able to kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel, if I could just show her the light at the end of the tunnel without making her feel like this again. And then, and then, you know, Thanks. give and take. You know, we were able to build that trust, and over over a year, over two years, over three years, the program just got better and better and better because you would give me more information, and I would give you more information, and you know, the trust went both ways. So, so yeah, I think that you know, you, you did take ownership in, in the fact that you were like, okay, I I need to find somebody extra. I'm not just going to let you know the this little booklet that the the coaches give me, I'm not going to let this be it for me. I'm going to go find somebody that I trust. And I think a lot of players out there right now, I think, I think they're in the same boat. You know, they know they need technical training. They know they need speed and agility. They know need, need to work on tactical training. And you know, it's, it's about taking ownership and going out there and, and watching film Um, crossover is a great way to go watch, watch your film. Yeah. Right. (laughs) You know, techno is a great app to, to go out there and do your, do your technical training and, you know obviously we've got our stuff going on over at Onyx but whatever it is you you have to take that ownership if you want to be a better player you have to you have to kind of own that part of your journey and that's not going to be up to your coaches to make you better it's going to be up to you
0: yeah, that's yeah, a hundred percent. The athlete buy in is, is always necessary and without it you're not gonna get anywhere. Yeah, this was this was awesome. Um if you're in town working with Chris in person, we'll have to do this in person. Um uh, but real quick for for those that want to find you right now and in, in your app and everything that you're doing, where can everybody find you online? Um and then we can th- then we'll just have to get you scheduled to to come do this in person and we can we can yeah, talk about Yeah,
2: perfect. I'll probably be so sore after training with Chris <laughs> I won't be able to make it to the studio. <laughs> Just bring the studio um, to the field. It's fine. Actually, the funny thing is that even when I'm resting now, I like know the certain movements that will potentially make me sore when I start doing Chris's program again. So I like kind of just maintain those ones, <laughs> like, some of, like some of the band work and stuff. I like kind of just do those every other day, just so I'm not too sore.
0: That's so funny. Um,
2: but yeah, people can check out. So the Techni football app uh, is the main place I'd love to send people if they're interested. It's T-E-C-H-N-E-F-U-T-B-O-L.com. Uh, all the information is on the website there. And then, if you want to just look me up personally, I have a personal website, which is just uh, www my first and then last name. You can look up the spelling on the on the podcast. That's easiest uh, com. So there's some some blog posts about my journey as a player, some video stuff on there, and just some general
0: info. It's good stuff. We will check out the app and check out the website. Um, really appreciate your time, and and look forward to for me getting to meet you in person. And I'm I'm sure. Well, I'm looking forward to that more than you would be looking forward to actually getting on the field with Chris and then the days (laughs) that follow.
2: Cool. Thanks so much, guys. You got it. Looking forward to it.
0: Thanks, Yahel. Thanks.
2: Bye.